Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I'm continuing our series with our amazing uh, uh, Shift Rewire Mastermind members who are uh, crushing it in practice right now, and uh and I want to bring these to the people who are listening to this podcast because I know some people are struggling out there post-COVID. Um, and it's funny, I actually did an email out saying post-COVID and someone emailed back and saying, are we post-COVID? And I meant post-trauma of COVID. <laughs> I'm sure it's still here, but it post the, the trauma of COVID. So um, this uh, guest has already been on the podcast with her amazing husband. Uh, they're from Ireland. So please look back um, at the podcast previous episodes to get her and, and John's origin story at uh, com so that you can catch up to where we are today. So uh, I just want to take this opportunity to welcome uh, Dr. Um, Marie Osborne to the, to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Don. Thanks for having me back again. Yes, this is cool. And, and, and uh, the reason I'm bringing a lot of our mastermind members back is because they're, uh, they're doing really well. And, uh, and I, I just want to kind of share some of that because we were just talking before we went live that it's not so much doing stuff, doing more stuff, because actually post the pandemic, we can't even do external stuff. Like it's hard to do talks. You can't do screenings. Like there's some of the stuff that we typically grow our practice in the past. Um, but, but you're, you're like crushing your personal goals, right? You, you, you're the busiest mm-hmm. you've been. Tell, tell, the, tell yeah. the listeners a little bit of little kind of where you're at right now. And then we're going to dive back into kind of how you got there. Sure. Um, I suppose, well, I'm in practice with my husband. Um, we practice in, in South Tipperary in Ireland and, um, you know, the practice has, has been doing fine, but we knew that there was some untapped potential that we were leaving. Um, on the table and we really wanted to push things on. So I suppose we had gotten into the comfortable phase, Don, where things are just going along nicely. And um, then last year, well, previous to last year, we had been members of the Vitality Engine and we had really taken our practice, I suppose, in that direction of more vitalistic chiropractic. And the Vitality Shift has been instrumental in that because, you know, through uh, right from the get-go, from day one through to restorative care and vitalistic care, um, you're you're on a different page with people as opposed to just addressing pain. And then um, that was really good for us. And then last year I joined the Mastermind just myself because um, I had felt I was getting into um, a bit of a rush, I suppose, in myself um, where I had for many years... Um, been a mum first and whilst I was still practicing I had just sort of put myself into the box of kind of part-time chiropractor at my practice and John my husband you know we had just placed him as the principal just because he was there more often and that's kind of how it played out for years you know so I was dipping my toe in but never really 
fully seeing myself in my own autonomy as a, a chiropractor or an equal to John. So I think as we joined the mastermind and had gone through a lot of that personal belief stuff, really since coming back, I've yeah just stepped into my own practice as if it was separate from John's totally, you know, and while that might sound like a very simple shift, it's actually been uh, huge in what plays out in our stats, in how I show up in the office, um, yeah, in every facet. So that small little shift of a dial on the inside, it, you know, it ripples wide and far. So that's really, I suppose, the the nutshell of where I've, where I've come from. That's amazing. Yeah. And I remember she just was a couple of weeks ago, you just said kind of crushed your record and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's amazing. Cause that's, that's after all the crazy stuff with all the limitations. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, that point. Cause there's always that point between frustration and I, I had this too, where you're kind of, you, you want to be a people pleaser. You want everybody to get along and you want to kind of play both sides, but you have some internal, uh, you had some internal drive. So to talk a little bit about that feeling where you felt like you wanted to express yourself, but you felt like you had to not express yourself. <laughs> yeah. Explain that weird. Because some people might feel yeah. that and that's frustrating, right? To, to it express is. that. Yeah. And I think we had talked, we had touched on that at our in-person meeting in Vancouver in the spring of this year before COVID all had hit off. Um, and I suppose as, as a woman in the world and particularly living in Ireland, historically our our sort of female example was to, you know, just kind of be quiet and and uh, not really express who you are. Um, we were kind of told who to be, you know, as, as a child growing up, certainly. Um, and that would have been our female role models. So that's what I had learned. And I, I had just carried all of that along into practice as well, Don. So um, the people-pleasing sort of um, element would would play out, you know, in interaction with leading, leading practice members in a care plan, leading the team, leading my CAs, um, and I suppose to a point leading myself. So um, once I had created an awareness of that, um, it was then looking at what do I need to change? What beliefs about myself do I need to shed? Where they might have served me uh, when I was younger, they certainly weren't serving me now. And they weren't, they were, weren't help me, helping me move forward. They were keeping me stuck. Um, and so while I was changing tons of systems and procedures and trainings and all of those things in the office, and they were all really good, they, they helped move things forward, but I didn't see the shift really come until I did more of the inner work. Um, and I truly believe, you know, that your practice is an extension of yourself. You know, I don't think we can separate um, our work or business, however you're looking at it, um, from ourselves. So how we are on the inside is is really what's going to show up on the outside. Um, yeah, so I think our, our practice and how we run it is an extension of ourselves. Um, and so for me, it was changing those beliefs, you know, just stepping into the leadership. But even though that might feel a bit um, alien or scary at the time, um, it's just stepping in as far as you feel comfortable and bringing that to the table. So it, that how that looked like, then it might have been um, more honest uh, conversations day one and day two with my practice members, um, standing in my truth of vitalistic chiropractic and offering that at least, you know, when you open a practice and when you start, you want everybody to say, 
yes to starting care because you want people, you want to grow your practice. Um, but now I feel I'm going to offer what my truth in chiropractic is and people can accept that or not. And that's fine. But the thing is, most people accept that, you know, because I think they can feel truth from you. People feel that energy. Um, so that was that. And then also it was, um, another way, example of that, I suppose, would be helping to lead the team. So I have two CAs. Um, one is with us many years, over 10 years, <clears throat> and one is brand new, just over a year with us. So, um, I get, and, and with, you know, over years, of course, we can learn habits and, and get into routines. So it was, you know, really just doing a lot of the training with them um, in how we were shifting some things at the practice and how the vitality um, shift was implemented. So all of those things really made differences, but it was subtle stuff in the background rather than out front stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know. And that's the deep stuff. It's kind of like, and it's, mm. it's, I find it the leverage stuff. So you can do any procedure, but if you don't have the right beliefs behind it, you don't have near as much energy behind it. Right. So um, I agree. I, I think Jim Rohn, he used to say like emotion and energy would be like, if you had a pin, a pin is like the idea of the procedure. And so if you throw a little pin with hardly any effort, it just bounces off stuff. But if you have lots of passion and you change your belief system, he says it's like tying a brick to the back of it. Like <laughs> that's a lot more gusto for the same procedure when you have that, that shift, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. And sometimes it feels uncomfortable to do the work. Um, but I think, you know, that feeling of uncomfortableness or wanting to not go a certain place of it, if you're thinking, you know, about doing inner work, um, then that's exactly where we need to go. You know, that I think that are, that feeling of uncomfortableness that can come up when we're thinking of doing inner work is um, a guidepost to to go there. Actually, that's that's the indicator. Yeah. Well, I feel uncomfortable. Oh, let's do it. The time to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it you is know, right. And the mastermind has been great in providing a, a space for that too. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if you could just give the listeners maybe an example of a belief that you, that you worked on and changed. Cause, cause I know a lot of people just say, uh, change beliefs. And then you kind of don't really know what that means. And, and so I think if you can maybe give an example of one that you're comfortable sharing, um, it might just help people kind of build, maybe relate, relate to it themselves. Yeah. Um, I suppose I, uh, I didn't, when I look back and having done this work now, um, I wasn't fully stepping into chiropractic because I had I had two young kids as well. When we moved to this and we set up this practice, I had two small babies. So my main focus was the kids, right? And then um, as I came back to work, I thought, oh, I'm part time at work, and I it's it's going to be hard to give my all to my kids and give my all to the practice. So I kind of fell in between, um, and I felt for years. I was just like on a hamster wheel, I felt like, you know, trying to do a, um, a little bit in each camp, if you like, at home and at work. And none of that, and it was okay, but none of it I knew was to my best potential. And I had this belief that you can't be a great mom and be a great person in business or a chiropractor or whatever the profession is at the same time that, you know, you're, you're going to have to choose one and do that well. Um, and so just changing that, you know, I know my, my children are older now, but even now realizing that belief and changing how I think about things, you know, when I'm at work, 
I'm a chiropractor and I'm here to serve and lead people um, towards better health. And that is my entire focus when I'm at work. When I'm at work, I'm at work. And when I'm at home, I'm not thinking about work now. I am literally at home with my kids. And I've set up my lifestyle that way so that I have a really good, um, I know everybody uses the word balance nowadays. I don't know if you call it balance, um, <laughs> but a harmony maybe. Yeah, um, that's good you know, and, and a peace of mind around that um, that I didn't have before. I was always, you know, when I was at work feeling guilty that I wasn't at home. And when I was at home feeling guilty that I wasn't doing enough for the office. So <laughs> just to to change that and to think, now you can do both and, and figure out what, what structures in your life maybe might need to change with it, um, that it actually is possible. And you can still have healthy, happy kids and still be successful in practice and everything's okay. I bet you there's some listeners. Feel guilty that, about it. <laughs> yeah, and I bet you there's some listeners that totally feel that too. Now, because yeah. part of the part of the being able to shift that is the awareness. And um, do you kind of remember, like, because it was probably default in your mind? Because I don't think you're consciously saying, "I don't think I can be a successful mom and a successful business owner at the same time." How yeah. did you How did you develop your awareness around that? Uh, well, I started to do some um, personal development work back in 2013 when I, I knew I was sort of falling between two, uh, two worlds, if you like, you know, home and work and trying to keep them separate. And, um, and when, I, when I delved into that, I, I was looking at really it's the same. It's me in both worlds. It's not looking at both worlds separately. It was looking at me and how I'm showing up in each right. of those those um, areas of my own life and, and needing to change myself and the beliefs around myself to, to move both of those forward. So I guess it was way back. Um, it's probably around 2013 when I really started to do some work on that and, and went on a personal development retreat and found out really I had no sense of myself. I felt I was a bit lost. I was a bit lost as a mom and a bit lost as a chiropractor and really didn't um, I kind of let go of, of not looking after myself, but just, I, I felt I'd just gotten lost in the, in the busyness of life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that kind of took over. And when that takes over, it's, it's easy to not look at yourself, right? Because you're busy just doing. Right. And yeah. And when you're busy doing, you, you don't have to think about, um, really what's going on. Right. Yeah, so there's this, well, moving. And that's yeah. what a lot of times they say numbing activities, right? Because uh-huh. if you can, you can numb yourself by being busy making, we call it the busy making phenomenon. Um, yeah. And then you don't have time to just stop because as soon as you stop, all of a sudden there you are. And you're like, exactly. Oh. And it was that numbing of feeling guilty. You know, I'm not going to stop here to feel guilty about not putting my all into work and or feel guilty about not putting all into my kids. So yeah, I just stayed, stayed on that hamster wheel for far too long. Done. But at some point you have to get off, you know, you know, you know, in your heart, you have a knowing in, in you. And I had just ignored that for far too long. Um, um, and I think, you know, if we, if we don't bring awareness to it, at some point, life's going to slap you with something to make you bring an awareness to it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, yeah, so I was, I was grateful for that work whilst it was painful. It has helped me, you know, really move beyond and, um, yeah, and delve into even, even more work now. So 
And then it seems like as you dig deeper, like you just keep deeping, digging, right? So, so nobody, nobody's ever there. We're always, we're always developing, but at oh, least you're not stagnant, right? You're either growing or you're kind of retracting. You're not, you can't just stay stagnant. <laughs> exactly. And it's ever changing, you know, and, you know, the more that you find that you do that work, the more you uncover about yourself. And uh, yeah, like you say, it's, it's ongoing. Yeah. And it ripples out, doesn't it? Now, how does it feel now? Because you you know you explained what it felt like if you're kind of like half in your business and half in your life, and half as a parent. Well, not not half, but like you're kind of being torn between the two. And then, it, like recently, um, and we'll get a little bit about COVID and post COVID stuff since it started. But how does it feel now? Like like right before right before we got on live. You're like, I just had a great day. I was just short of my goal for this week, but like we, uh, we pumped out the day. Um, tell, tell me what's, what's the feeling now when you, when you're home, you're home or again, no one's perfect, but when you're home, you're mostly home. <laughs> and when you're at work, yeah. how, how does it feel now? What's the feeling you get from that? The best way I can describe it for me is I have peace of mind. I'm not, I'm not thinking about the other thing, like whether it's, whether I'm at work and thinking of home or whether I'm home and thinking of work. I have uh, a peace of mind around um, when I'm in each of those, I'm fully there. Um, and before I had a lot of guilt around that as, as a mom, I think I had a lot of guilt um, around not, um, you know, serving my kids to the best or serving the office to the best or whatever. That it's like, it's almost like a guilt of being, not being everywhere always. Yeah. <laughs> Which is impossible. And, and it's exhausting. And <laughs> yeah. also my, my nature, I'm a people pleaser and a perfectionist. So I would always, you know, put other things and people first. So, so yourself and you, you fall off the to-do list, you, you know, and you don't look after yourself or do the, do the necessary work. So you ended up, you end up being, well, I ended up being, you know, a tired, guilty, <laughs> worn out chiropractor mom that was that was no good to anybody really. So that needed to change and change pretty quick. Dan. <laughs> well, even if you're all worn out and tired, you're still pretty amazing. If you, if you're, <laughs> meet Marie in per, person; she's like just a beautiful being that you. It's like a mom energy; you just want to hug her and stuff. You know, it might be illegal, and you get thrown in jail because you're supposed to stay six feet apart. But besides that. <laughs> Now, now let's talk a little bit about um, like COVID in practice. Um, so in Ireland, you guys closed down. Just tell a little bit, because again, people mm. from all over the world, it's just nice to get an update of what's happening in different countries. So what happened yeah. during the lockdown and what's going on now? Yeah, so we locked down pretty much the same as you in Canada, the middle of March. And our practice was, was closed for 11 weeks, fully closed. Um, and it was a scary time, you know, um, we both, that's our sole income, our, we're both working here in the practice. So um, it was hard to shut it down. And um, so what we decided to do was to stay in contact with our people anyway, um, in whatever way we could. So we would contact them by phone, we would make little videos at home and send them out to them on our email database. Um, you know, lots of people were working from home. So we did little things that they felt that they could do for themselves because obviously we weren't available to be adjusting people now. So we stayed in contact with them and had a regular touch in. Um, it might have been a video of how to do an exercise or how to set up your home workstation or um, how to make a green juice, you know, just all health-oriented things. And that was really good. Um, and I think it added a lot of value for people. And a lot of people said, you know, it was just great to stay in touch 
during that time. So that was what we did for all of our regular um, uh, vitality care people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also kept online that our, we kept our, our phone number out there for people. So even though everything said it was closed, we, people knew that we were contactable by phone. So we had a lot of new people ring us. Um, and so we kept a list so that when we were open, we could serve those people and make sure that they got spots because they were um, emergency care almost, you know, coming back in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then as soon as we could open, we did, um, obviously with um, all the, you know, guidelines and restrictions and um, PPE and stuff. So um, it was it was the craziest of times because we just didn't know what we were coming back to. We really didn't. Um, so we came back with no staff first. Um, and it literally was one person in, one person out. Um, we have four benches in, in an adjusting area um, and two private rooms. Um, so obviously our facility was way reduced. Our capacity was way down. Um, but the phone kept ringing, which was fantastic. So um, it just it just kept growing and we kept accommodating people as much as we could. We changed our hours. Um, so we were working longer days um but it it was we were able to serve the people that were looking for us and lots of new people came in we were we didn't advertise anything about that but we were very fortunate that a lot of people were actually looking for our services and still are you know so that's been a huge um surprise that a lot of people were looking for chiropractic and chiropractic has been fantastic for people in this time so we kept going and over time, we brought back our CAs. We could bring them both back because we were back to a capacity where we needed them both in. Um, and we did, pre-COVID, we did have one day where um, John's practice and mine were running on the same day. But we've, we've shifted that around now so that, you know, with social distancing and everything, we can still run it pretty efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the numbers just kept growing and they've grown beyond where we were before COVID, which is just incredible. Um, awesome. And so it was, it was shifting. I think, you know, the, the whole, the whole focus was on efficiency and necessity, mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, and just making the changes, making it work for people, helping them to get in, um, making sure that they felt safe coming in. Um, and again, we stayed in contact with all of our people right throughout, even after the lockdown, we would send them videos to say, here's how the office is set up. You can see we're safe. We have the PPE, we have the sanitization, all of that. So it was keeping people informed and knowing, you know, that there are questions that they might've had that might've, you know, they might've had questions about coming in, that we were giving them all that information to make them as psychologically comfortable about a visit to our offices as much as they could do. Um, so yeah, um, and we've stayed, we've stayed with our new hours for now and it's actually, um, I've just come up three extra hours. John's actually reduced his hours. So the ship is, it's, we're just running a tighter ship. That's yeah. how best I can explain it, Don. And, and actually throughout COVID as well, I stayed in contact with my CA. So we still did our weekly meeting. We still did our weekly training. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, and so they were ready. I was keeping them, you know, informed as to what was happening, even though, you know, you don't know until you get back into it. Um, so we were ready as a team. We were pretty cohesive as we came back. And, you know, our focus was on serving, 
and allowing people access to our care, whatever that took. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting. I just had a I had a, a practice member in yesterday, and, and she manages these this big uh, restaurant chain. And so, mm-hmm. uh, just in the in the paper, one of the headlines was saying that in Canada, um, uh, once the patio season's over, like once it gets cooler and people can't be on the patio, they're thinking that up to fifty percent of all restaurants will will be going into bankruptcy or or possible bankruptcy because they won't be able to handle this. And it was funny because I asked her, because this is a huge chain. It's called the Canadian Brew House in Canada. And um and I said, so how are you guys doing? Because I just saw this this thing and she said, we're expanding. They're actually they're they're gonna open two more restaurants. And what they did is that as soon as this happened, they just invested in um Shield. So what they did is they just found what the rules were. Because you have to have six foot distancing unless you have masking or you have a shield. So they just made all the booths with shields. And so they basically have redesigned their, their restaurants so they can basically keep the same capacity as before. It's followed in the guidelines, but they're just on it. And it's, it's yeah. kind of, I think it, it reminds me a lot of, of chiropractic offices. Is that for one, all this stuff is a little bit against our internal um, <laughs> our, our internal philosophy, right? So we already have yeah. a challenge with it as it is. But, but just because we have that challenge doesn't mean these rules are going to go away like tomorrow. That's right. And, and, yeah. and so I found that, it, that we, and again, we flexed really fast and we did the same sort of thing is um, we changed our hours and, and we really, I had a, a room that there was an extra room that was kind of a little bit messy, like a little bit of an adjusting room that was messy that I cleaned it out because we needed holding tanks because if people yeah. come in a little bit earlier late, we just, we have to shuffle, shuffle them back and forth. And, and, and at the end of the day, Brandy's like the, the air traffic controller or, or someone comes early to your appointment and she's telling them you stay wait in your car until we get people in here because we, we have it all mixed up. But yeah, it was nuts. It takes more effort. So, so was there certain things that you guys did that as well? Cause it, uh, it seems like we just have to, we, we see how important the adjustment is. And when you can't take all the frilly stuff, you have to get down to the actual adjustment. And so, so what kind of things did you do to adapt to that new, to those new rules? Yeah. And it was that it was literally, you know, whatever we can do to help people gain, gain access to care. Uh, we're lucky in that we have a large office. So we, we needed to clear out some of the chairs from our, um, from our front desk space and from our, our reception area. So we were from 10 chairs down to just four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, our bays are all individual. So they're, they're just like little individual areas. So that was worked fantastically for us because we could load them up and we'd adjust and the CA would come on behind us and sanitize that bay and we'd be gone on. So it just worked. Yeah. Like we'd go from each little adjusting area to the next. So that worked fantastic really. And it's just setting it up, you know, setting up the efficiency and in the huddle, you'd say, okay, here's what's happening X or Y is adjusting and the next person's coming in, you're going to be sanitizing after that and just keeping it flowing. Um, so those little touch points, while they might seem small, they're really essential to the everyday functioning of an efficient uh, shift, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the huddle was really important. We've dived so much deeper into that um, comparing to our huddles before COVID. Um, and yeah, just the distancing, that's all obviously the same as here. Um, and we've extended the hours too. So those were pretty much the same as yours. But um, I suppose it's keeping everybody on the same page and knowing everybody knowing exactly what they're going to be doing. You know, one CA totally stayed at the front desk while the other was over in the bays with us. Um, 
and it worked, it worked really well. And I think it, it was just keeping, like you say, it's, it's, you know, the, the guidelines change, life has changed, rules had changed, but you have to, you can't just say, oh, well, we can't do that now. That's restricting us. You have to think, what, what do we change to, to still be able to provide our service? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's 100%. Now, uh, the other thing which is big as well is how do you protect your mental, your mental space? Because again, just if you're ever like trying to, I like, I try to prevent doom scrolling and stuff because I, I, I kind of, I get bad at that. Brandy's good at yeah, calling me out yeah. on it. But how do you do, do you're the same as me where you're really aware of your environment, right? So like it does affect you. So how, how have you been protecting yourself? Yeah, I've been out in nature a ton and lots of time on my own as well. So I've realized that I need a lot of time on my own. Um, and that's different to time at home. It's actually just time on my own. <laughs> yeah, because at so, home with kids is not alone. Yeah, <laughs> it's not alone. <laughs> um, and yeah, it is. It's just time by myself. Um, and it's not even time with John. And I say that respectfully. You know, oh, yeah. we, we have, that's a very clear cut thing. You know, we work in this, we work together. Um, and we're at home together. So we have uh, a, a very good understanding that we each need individual time too. So um, we moved house about a year ago and we moved to the countryside. Um, we live by a river and I can walk there with my dogs and that just fills me up, you know, just the, the quiet calm of being out in nature. Um, so that I have found is just lovely. Um, and I found that I'm actually more drawn to that than um, go into the gym at the minute. So I've been doing gym, some gym stuff at home. I did the Joe Wick stuff all through the summertime. Um, and so I'm back into my gym, my proper gym next week, but I have found that just time alone, time in nature, time to switch off. Um, because even with COVID, I found, you know, you're at work and when I'm at work, I really am on, I get myself into that space before I'm in front of people. Um, but I need to balance that then. Yeah. You know, I, I really need the time, the opposite end of that where I'm, I'm off. not speaking. <laughs> yeah. And you're off and you feel that, you know, yeah. you feel that silence and you feel that calmness around you. So for me, that's been that. Um, and good quality sleep too. Yeah. Protecting, protecting sleep time. Yes, that's a, that's a that's a big one, right? We don't get you got to get yeah. the stress and the rest mixed, right? Well, coming to the end, um, I'm so excited that you shared right. your time with us. I know time just flies by. <laughs> um, so you know, there's people listening to this all over the world, and everybody's experiencing the same sort of thing. Um, like, there's different mm -hmm. levels of lockdown, whether you're in New Zealand or Australia, where it's a little bit more oof, like in Melbourne um, or uh, Auckland, New Zealand. But other people, are, most people, are still practicing. But what kind of words of inspiration would you like to leave our fellow? Um, vitality seekers, chiropractors out there who are, who are trying to do the best they can for their practice and their family? Wow, I forgot that you asked these kind of questions at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me think. Um, I would say, you know, keep going. Just, just keep going. Sometimes it can be just so frustrating in practice, but um, it, it's pay attention to yourself, I suppose. For me, Don, that's really been um, the the the, the shift that has made the most um, ripple effect outwardly. Um, and if you, if you feel brave enough to dive into doing the inner work, then I, I can honestly say you, you reap the benefits, not just in practice, but in your own personal life and building awareness around habits and 
um, values and beliefs that we might have just onboarded for no reason at all, like literally by osmosis, it's come into our life from, you know, previous patterns and our homes and our childhoods and all of that is, you know, delve into that stuff. It has a wealth of information um, and it serves us over time. So I would say, take a look at that. Um, and yeah, it does. It, it's not easy. It can be hard. Um, uh, but it's to have a little bit of grace with yourself when you do that stuff too. We can be really hard on ourselves when we look back and look inward. Um, and we can be quite critical, but I think if you're brave enough of, to step into it, uh, be brave enough to stay in grace with yourself too. I like it. Stay in grace with yourself. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not easy. Not yeah, easy. No but it's good. <laughs> not easy, but it's good if you can if you can achieve it, right? So yeah. So yeah. thank you. And so, like you say it's a working process. Yeah, and we're always evolving every time. So yeah. uh, that's the always thing is that a lot of people you're never done. So people are always like, "When am I done?" But you're never never really done until you're done. <laughs> yeah, it's like health, it's like our yeah. health, right? Exactly. Well, well, thanks so much for taking some time uh, to join with us today on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks, Don. And, it's been a pleasure. And uh, it's pretty funny because we're only halfway through uh, the the year mastermind and we still got to figure out some stuff as far as when we're meeting up next because of travel restrictions and stuff. But we've still yeah. got like like over half a year left even in the first year of the mastermind. So I can't wait to see what's going since you already did so much change in the first bit. So That's great. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. That's awesome. So thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Don. And everyone else there, I think you can get some pretty, uh, some they're pretty darn good gems from uh, from this episode, all about especially belief systems, and uh, and staying in grace with yourself because uh, when you do the inner work, you can continue to make that shift. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.